Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people, knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and the first of Nisan 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. I have a show for you. You've got to hear about Tel Aviv Fashion Week 2023, which I covered last night, took lots of great photos, and I'm going to tell you all about it in a report at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Now... Let's get to the news. The country has been on pins and needles as both Prime Minister Netanyahu and Defense Minister Yoav Gallant announced that they were making impromptu press appearances in order to deliver a special message to the nation. Now, each of them made these announcements that they were going to give a talk, but apparently it wasn't coordinated. And a lot of people, especially the media, thought that this was kind of a coordinated venture. Yoav Gallant never actually made a talk. Here's a brief summary of what the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, tells the nation tonight amid revolutionary protesting in the streets. Netanyahu began his talk by saying he promised to be the prime minister of all the citizens of Israel and says that we can't let any disagreement, however fierce, endanger our joint future. Opponents of the coalition's sweeping judicial reform, quote, aren't traitors, end quote, and supporters, quote, aren't fascists. But the supporters of the Supreme Court reform say that the current system is no good. Opponents of the reform believe democracy is endangered by a Knesset and a government acting without breaks and says to avoid a rift in the people, each side must take seriously the claims and concerns of the other. He says he believes it is impossible. He says he believes it is possible to bring a reform that provides an answer to both sides, a reform to restore and balance between the branches of government to protect and enshrine the individual rights of all citizens. And that the best way to achieve the balanced reform and to prevent a rift in the people is via discussion to achieve the broadest possible consensus. That's what he says. He goes on to suggest that opposition leaders are refusing to meet with him and that the coalition has already made changes to the laws regarding the Judicial Selection Committee in order to meet the concerns of all the critics. However, he continued on to say that the law will pass in its current form and that the bill being pushed through government will in fact go ahead and that he has just met several ministers, including the defense minister. He says that he hears his concerns about the implications of the situation on our national security and is taking it all into account. And I'm going to put a pause there and do some explaining. 
Now, the prime minister is addressing the nation because the nation is highly critical of a Supreme Court overhaul in which the right wing government coalition is making a concerted effort to take powers away from the Supreme Court. A lot of people take issue with that, but there are also a lot of people who say that the Supreme Court currently has too much power and that it needs to be tempered back. I am going to explain more, but in the meantime, that's the gist of his speech, and I want you to understand that nothing really new was accomplished during this talk. He, the Prime Minister, just addressed the people and said that he's listening and he's paying attention, but that the bills that were proposed by his government are going to continue through the legislative bodies. I think a lot of people thought that there was going to be a pause They thought that there was a big special announcement because there was going to be a pause on the legislation and there was going to be perhaps space for a discussion. That is not what is happening. Today, Thursday, marks the beginning of Israel's first day of paralysis, as protesters are calling it. It's a series of demonstrations set to be one of the biggest protest days in years in Israel. Israelis all throughout the country are protesting the proposed judicial overhaul that Prime Minister Netanyahu's party is leading, which would essentially strip the judiciary of much of its current power and give the coalition most of the say in judiciary appointments. More than 500,000 Israelis are out protesting today in dozens of cities, highways, and outside coalition members' homes, including Netanyahu's close ally and friend, Aryeh Derry, who will greatly benefit from one of the coalition's bills, which is pushing to allow him to retake his ministerial position. And is being called the Derry Law. You see, Derry entered office with current Prime Minister Netanyahu, but he was pushed out just a month later when the court said that he had not honored their agreement, in which Derry made a deal with the court that he would not do jail time for some offenses that he was charged on in exchange for dropping out of office and not coming back into politics. Well, he did re-enter politics, and it was only about a year plus later. And so the court says that he did not make good on their plea bargain. In response to protests outside Derry's home, dozens of young Haredi or Orthodox men and boys began dancing and singing in front of protesters who were out in the streets, and there was an enormous protest in B'nai Brak. The thought was that there were going to be a lot of Orthodox people from the city of B'nai Brak outside of Tel Aviv coming to clash with protesters in the streets. It doesn't seem like anything was too crazy there. One unexpected protest that is taking place is by the entire Tel Aviv Museum of Art, who closed its exhibits to the public, canceled planned lectures and tours, and darkened its halls and exhibits for one day. The museum's management sent an email to its employees clarifying that if they wanted to go out and protest, that they could do so by taking a vacation day. And those who wanted to go to work could also do so. Only one singular exhibit was open today at the museum, and it was the exhibit of Israeli art, which was supposed to signify the uncompromising stance of support for local creation, enabling discourse even if critical. That's according to the museum statement. Tens of thousands of IDF reservists are also protesting by signing a public letter to the government saying they will stop showing up for duty if the government goes through with the judicial overhaul. 
Or Ashkar, the 32-year-old man who was attacked by surprise on the busy Dizengoff Street in Tel Aviv a couple of weeks ago, succumbed to his injuries after fighting in the hospital for 11 days. Now, we reported on that a bit earlier. He was shot by a 23-year-old Palestinian terrorist. I want to update. His wife has been posting about her, about her sorrow, her deep love for her late husband. It has gotten very emotional for me. Ashkar was an organ donor, and I want to read to you a list of all the organs from him that was transplanted into others and saved lives around the nation of Israel. There were six or maybe even seven people who benefited from this. One person got a liver, another a heart, another liver. There was the liver lobe and a liver, and two kidneys and lungs went to people in the age range of 50 to 65, and there was a one-year-old baby that got the liver lobe at Schneider Hospital. This is just news that I wanted to share. Not sure that it is comforting, but it is another piece to the story following this deeply disturbing incident of this 32-year-old man being killed on the street at random by a Palestinian terrorist. Finance Minister Batalo Smotrich is getting into some political troubles these days by making controversial statements about the Palestinian people. And everyone is talking about it. Smotrich last week called for the Israel Defense Forces to wipe out the West Bank Palestinian town of Huara. This came after a number of terror attacks against Jews were carried out in that place by Palestinians. First, it was to kill two Jewish-Israeli brothers who were in their early 20s. They were shot while waiting in traffic in their car in the Palestinian city they were passing through. Then, Palestinians ambushed a car of two German tourists that they thought were Israeli Jews. And the Germans were trying to tell them that they were tourists and that they weren't Jews and that they had the wrong, the wrong person, the wrong people. Smotrich had to apologize, however, for suggesting to wipe out the Palestinian city. He later walked back on that comment and said that he meant that the IDF should root terrorists out of that place. Now, this was posted on Facebook, and also he expressed regret for having made the statement out loud in a speech. There's another issue that came up with him. Everyone is up in arms because Smotrich gave an address in Paris on Sunday and had a big map up of the state of Israel behind him. And apparently part of the mapping of the state included some Jordanian territory as well. That is strange. He also said that there was no such thing as a Palestinian people, saying that there's no such thing as a Palestinian nation. There is no Palestinian history. There is no Palestinian language. That happened on Sunday. This is not new. Many historians have spoken about this issue a number of times, but it is a nuanced idea which essentially suggests that the Palestinian people are a big mesh of other Arab nations from the region and that they are a relatively new people in the span of history. Nevertheless, this comment seems extremely disparaging and Smotrich is getting a load of heat for it. Do you need to show up for Passover with a gift? A lot of our listeners are loving and enjoying the boxes that they have purchased through the Israel Daily News podcast from Hasod. Use Hasod, okay? Hasod is a local business that I partner with, and if you buy gift boxes from them, 
you can get a bunch of goodies for the table, including some ceramic items that you can serve food with, tasty kosher for Passover treats, a new afikoman cover, for example, to replace the old one that you have. Check it out. You can go onto the website. I am sending you to hasodstore.com. That's H-A-S-O-D-S-T-O-R-E.com. And put in a $10 coupon code that you got through the Israel Daily News podcast. All you have to do is type in SHANA10 in all capital letters, and you'll get $10 off of your order. Keep in mind that a percentage of your order is going to support the Israel Daily News podcast. That is so awesome. So if you want to send someone a box, you can send it anywhere in the world, whether it's in Israel, in the UK, in the US, wherever you are, you can get one for yourself or you can send one as a gift. It makes gifting really simple and you get to support local Israeli artists and craftsmen. I love it. I want to thank everyone for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. Tel Aviv Fashion Week was live and in person with 27 shows from 15 designers and thousands of spectators who sat alongside the runway over the course of four days. Cornit is a tech company here in Israel that partners and produces the Tel Aviv Fashion Show. Many of the designer collections were made by Cornit's textile production solution, which offers designers a way to instantly print their designs on fabrics. It usually takes designers months to go back and forth with manufacturers and it requires making a load of mistakes and having to throw a lot of fabric into the garbage and throw garments into the garbage because each garment is a practice until you get the perfect one. I'm going to let CEO Ronen Samuel tell you a little bit more about the technology and why he believes that he's revolutionizing the industry of clothing and doing it on the stage of Tel Aviv's Fashion Week. Uh, this is the third year that we are doing it uh, in a row in Israel, but we took it uh, overseas. We've done Cornet uh, Fashion Week in LA, we've done Cornet Fashion Week in London, uh, we've done it also in Milan and uh, in Tokyo. Uh, so it's starting to spread, and the whole idea is uh, to bring in alternative uh, fashions into the world. Uh, when I'm saying alternative, is uh, to do fashion in, in more sustainable, more diverse, uh, and to unleash the creativity uh, on the runway. The whole idea is, is to drive the agenda of making fashion sustainable. I mentioned before, but fashion is the second most uh, polluting industry in the world, uh, textile. Um, and you can do it in in much more sustainable way using Cornish technology. Um, moving into on-demand manufacturing, uh, leveraging our technology anywhere around the world. Uh, this is one way, uh, but we're taking other agendas as well, agendas of unleashing the creativities, uh, because with our technology, you can actually produce anything you want without limitation of quantities. And with the same limitation of quantities till now, uh, any brand or designer that wanted to produce something, you knew that uh, you need to produce hundreds of thousands of copies in order to be efficient and cost-effective. With Cornet, you can produce only one dress or one shirt uh, and sell it, um, and you can do it online. You can have endless variety, and once the consumer chooses something, only then is being produced. 
in a, a full sustainable way without waste. Today, this industry is generating huge amount of waste. Um, brands uh, are trying to focus what the consumer will wear in a year from now, a few months from now. It's impossible. Uh, trends are being changed on a daily basis. Consumer to be today is being influenced by social media, by influencers, uh, and they defining the agenda of the day. Uh, and to react and to be relevant, you need to produce closer to the consumer and you need to produce in low quantities and not in large quantities. The whole idea of, of Cornet is, is doing it on demand. Uh, you don't need to plan in advance. You don't need to produce in China and Bangladesh large quantities. You can produce it locally. So the designers are being exposed to Cornet technology. They are blown away for the first time in their life. They actually can sketch a design and a few minutes later can see it being printed on any, on any fabric or garment uh, that would like it to be printed. And then you only need to cut and sew it the same day and the product is ready. So the nice thing about the collection of those designers that they are not anymore limited to one type of design or one type of fabric. You can see in, in one collection of any of those designers, multiple fabrics, multiple design, designs with no limitation and everything in less than a month. Tel Aviv Fashion Week opened with a huge gala event with a dance ensemble of women aged 65 to 80. The performance was followed by a Lifetime Achievement Award conferred by First Lady Michal Herzog, and she bestowed it upon fashion designer Hagar Alambik. She's 67 years old, and she's worked in the industry for 35 years. A number of surprising presenters also came down the runway, like Tel Aviv's Mayor Ron Huldai and chairperson of the Merits political party, which, by the way, the Merits party no longer participates actively in uh, Israel's Knesset. They got bumped out. But their iconic chairperson, Zehava Galon, is known for years. She's very famous. And she actually walked down the runway. The event also had quite a political edge which relates to the stories that I told you at the beginning of the show. I'm also going to let the CEO of Corny tell you a little bit about that. As you know, we, uh, there's a lot of noise now in Israel and a lot of discussion about democracy, where we stand. Um, and there's no better platform uh, from our perspective uh, to express our concern about the direction uh, that being taken right now in Israel. Um, fashion is all about diversity. Fashion is all about being about freedom, um, about being able to express yourself. Um, and uh, democracy is about pluralism um, and about having different, um, different um, views and allowing different views. Uh, and uh, we, we took it into the fashion week. We took it on the first day as the opening uh, um, the show, but also in the gala evening. Uh, in the gala evening, we actually uh, created a, a dedicated show that is all about democracy. We've asked 15 different designers uh, to create one model um, and uh, that symbolize for them democracy. 
Um, and we also ask a few uh, uh, celeb celebrities uh, to join and to walk on the runway. Uh, there were every leader with a very beautiful dress and took, uh, we saw it all over the news, but uh, people like Zava Galon and Lila P, the Nuti Rodner, and many, many more that uh, were walking, each one with a very clear statement and connecting it to the designer. It was very, very powerful. Um, and it was very clear that uh, we, there's a strong, strong connection between democracy to fashion and creativity. Fashion Week closed with two shows. Second to last was the work of Alon Livnay. He certainly stole the show. Livnay has become an internationally recognized designer, dressing all the greats, including Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Naomi Campbell, Kim Kardashian, and Paris Hilton. He's showcased his work at New York Fashion Week and Paris Fashion Week. This week, he presented his latest line to an Israeli audience. His event was oversold and the space completely packed and very chaotic with attendees jamming in any space that they could fit. Of course, I had to push and shove my way to get my pictures and everything in the press section got filled up with non-press. It was very crazy. Spectators who came for one of the Fashion Week shows, the Alone Livne show, say that they are very impressed with what they saw on the runway. Yes, it is very professional and uh, all the shows. Uh, it's like international. It's like I felt like I've been, I've not been in Tel Aviv, like I've been in Berlin or I've been in Paris. You know, it's, uh, it's extraordinary. It's beautiful. Um, but I'm glad I came. 15 minutes is a little less than I expected, but I loved it. Have you ever been to a fashion show? No, that's my first time. Uh, are you following Alon Livne or you just kind of chose this show by chance? I follow him. I know he's one of the most respected Israeli designers and I, I was really expecting this show. Um, yeah, and I came here with my mother who also loves fashion and everything about it and we were really excited to come. Fashion Week 2023 was fun, and for me, the best part is seeing all the people of Israel put on the clothes that make them feel fun and having a reason to strut their stuff. There was a red carpet rolled outside so that people could take pictures and feel good. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed our coverage of Fashion Week Tel Aviv. To see Livne's garments, head over to our Instagram page or on Facebook at israeldaily.news to see our latest reel. We've got a little video showing what you missed at Tel Aviv Fashion Week. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 15 degrees Celsius and a high of 23 degrees. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 74 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm going to send you off now with a song called Synesthesia by Erica Kroll. Enjoy the song. Have a great and productive day and an excellent weekend. Happy New Month, Chodesh Tov, and Shabbat Shalom.